Hi, everyone. So welcome to the live stream today. Very much excited for having you. We are in the week six in our discussion towards the ICA April 2022 examination. And I believe that the journey has been interesting for you so far. You've been studying, working hard, putting in the work, putting in the sacrifices that is needed in order for you to increase your chances of passing the examination. Today, we're focusing on limiting factor analysis, one of the fundamental topics that we need to understand when it comes to dealing with uh, management accounting, because definitely, uh, short-term decisions is going to be examined by the examiner. So it is very important for us to go into it and see what we need to do in that case. So short-term decisions, very critical topic. Uh, there is between 15 to 20 more questions waiting for us in the exam hall. So we want to go into this real quick and find out what we can do there. So if you are doing management accounting and you know someone also doing management accounting, share the video, let us reach many students watching the live stream and let's together assist a lot of students in that case. Now, remember, you can also get our advanced taxation, principles of taxation and then public sector manual at 120 Ghana cities uh, per copy. We do deliveries nationwide uh, for you to be able to get that. So let me share my screen. Let's go straight up into our discussion. Give me a thumbs up on the video, comment in the, on the chat box. Let me hear from you. Any questions you have for me? We are live on Twitter, live on Facebook, and also live on uh, YouTube. So whichever platform you're comfortable with, you stay there. And let's see what we can do in that case. So let me share my screen, bring it up, and then let's get excited about our discussion for the day. So we're going into... Uh, what we refer to as short-term decisions. So there are a number of topics that are uh, really critical here when it comes to dealing with short-term decisions, number of topics that we need to be aware of. Now, definitely these topics, one of them are going to be examining the exam. Or if the examiner is excited, Possibly two of them will be examined in the exam hall in that particular case. So we're going to have issues such as limiting factor analysis. Okay. So limiting factor analysis. We're going to have that throughput accounting also there. It's part of this category. Even though throughput accounting is a model of evaluation as per the syllable structure, we can also cover it under short-term decisions here. Then we can also, uh, we will also be talking about cost volume profit analysis. Okay, or what we know as break-even analysis is also a short-term decision. Break-even analysis. So either cost volume profit analysis or break-even uh, analysis, that is also another area that we have to be on the lookout for here. Then we have relevant cost analysis or relevant costing. Oh, again, depending on how you understand uh, this particular one in that case. So relevant cost analysis is also something that we need to understand or something that we need to know about there in that case. So limiting factor analysis, throughput accounting, cost volume profit analysis, relevant costing analysis. We have the make or buy uh, decision here there. Okay. Then we have the shutdown decision there. Also a short-term decision that we need to look out for shutdown. Uh, it's it's an, uh, a topic that we, we have to 
know about. So shutdown, limiting factor analysis, make or buy, throughput accounting, cost volume profit analysis or break-even analysis, and then relevant cost analysis also is a topic that we need to pay attention to and look out for in that case. Then we have what we call the pricing decisions. Okay pricing decisions then we have also the outsourcing decisions so actually this topic has um a lot of issues that you need to know about uh in that case when it comes to dealing with short-term decisions as a management accounting student doing acca f2 or acca f5 or uh doing the icag uh management accounting at the introductory level in level one there some of these topics are there and then in the level two proper, all these things you must know about them in that case. So when it comes to the short-term decisions, short-term decisions, these are some of the things that we need to uh, pay attention to. So we have the pricing decisions, the relevant cost analysis, the cost volume profit analysis, the outsourcing decisions, the throughput accounting, the make or buy, the limiting factor analysis, and then the shutdown decisions. All these are short-term decisions that we need to know about, we need to pay attention to in order to uh, understand the whole idea about it. Now, let me say that the making of these short-term decisions are going to be based on uh, the usage of what we refer to as the marginal costing principle because when we are deciding on limiting factor analysis we're going to be using the marginal costing principle when we are looking at relevant costing analysis we're going to be looking at the marginal costing principle cost volume profit analysis we're going to be looking at the marginal costing principle the shutdown decision we're going to be looking at the marginal costing principle the uh, make or buy decision we're going to be looking at the marginal costing principle so the marginal costing principle is going to really play a key role when it comes to dealing with short-term decisions here and you have to make sure that you understand exactly how the treatment is supposed to be done and how the pieces adds together in order for you to increase your chances of passing the examination so that is the overview of the entire uh, short-term decisions that we we need to know about we need to cover at this particular level but our discussion today is going to be focusing on limiting factor analysis where we're going to be borrowing the principle of uh the marginal costing and then the throughput accounting so limiting factor analysis limiting factor analysis. Now, one thing you must understand that is that organizations use various resources in the production of goods and services. These resources include things such as uh, materials. They use labor hours. We have machine hours. Or we have uh, the machine capacity. Then either we have labor hours or the labor availability. Okay, so these resources, I mean the four M's of uh, production, material, money, labor, uh, with the exception of money, the rest of the things are critical here that we need to know about in that particular case. So companies use resources in the production of goods and services. Not only that, companies also produce products that go in through various processes or various departments 
So maybe, for instance, when we are manufacturing a certain product, the product may start from the, say, let's say the uh, cutting uh, department, then it will go into the assembly, uh, maybe you go to the finishing department, then it will go into the assembly department in that particular case. So basically, when we are dealing with the issue about relevant, uh, sorry, limiting factor analysis, we are asking ourselves two questions, uh, and we're looking at limiting factor. We are looking at the resources that the entity is using for the production of goods and services, but not only that, we are also looking at the processes and departments. Now, per what you learned in economics is that resources are scarce. Okay, so there is some level of scarcity. Now, scarcity doesn't mean if you want, you cannot buy. Because whatever resources you want, if you have the money, you can buy it. But then uh, some of these, these resources are scarce. In other words, the entity may not have as much as it wants available at a given period of time. So the question we, we then ask ourselves is, how can the entity use... So this is the key question we want to answer. How can the entity use its limited resources or production system to maximize profit? That is the question we want to ask, basically, to maximize profit. How can we use the limited resources we have the limited production system we have to still maximize our profit. That is the key question we want to answer when we look at limiting factor analysis. Now, the idea here is that because there is scarcity of resources, because the resources are not available in the quantity that an entity may want at a given time, what is going to be happening then is that when doing the limiting factor analysis, there are a number of processes that we need to go through. The first process that we need to identify is what we refer to as the identification of the bottleneck process. So identification, are you going to stay with me carefully here? Identification of the bottleneck. Identification of the bottleneck. Now, when we say bottleneck or a limiting factor, what do we mean? A bottleneck or a limiting factor is simply a resources or a department or a production process which prevents an entity from maximizing its profit or achieving its objective. That is what we mean by a bottleneck. So a bottleneck can be defined as the resources department and or process which prevents an entity, which prevents an entity from achieving its objectives. From achieving its objectives. So the first thing we do in every limiting factor analysis discussion is to find out, ask ourselves, what is the limiting factor? What is the bottleneck? So, so let me give you an example real quick. Let's say that we, we have a company. So let's say that uh, my wife has a salon. So let's say that uh, we want to find out 
and, and in the salon, let's say uh, someone walks into the salon and uh, the person wants to whatever, braid their hair or whatever. Let's say we have three stages or department that we go through. Uh, we have the washing. So someone is going to wash the customer's hair. That's the first stage. Then uh, there's going to be drying. So the person is going to be put into a dryer for the hair to be dried and oil or moist a little bit after that. Then after that, we can go ahead and do the braiding of the hair in that particular case. So in a typical salon, uh, this will be the three stages that we are going to be going into stage one, stage two, and then stage three. Now, the question we want to find out is, okay, so if this is my wife's salon, we want to find out which of these three departments that prevents the salon from making more money or from making as much as money that they are supposed to make in a day, in a week, in a quarter, or in a year. That is what we want to identify as a bottleneck. That is what we want to identify as a bottleneck. So let me give you an example. So let's say that at a time, we have devices available and people available. So at a time, they can wash uh, maybe 10 people's hair. Or let, let, let's make it a little bit. Let's say they can wash 20 people's hair at a time at the washing uh, department, the washing people. Then when we go to the drying department, people whose hair can be dried at a time, let's say that 12 people at a time. But because the braiding is quite specific, the braiding department can braid maybe eight people's hair at a time. Now, I want you to stay with me carefully here as I try to uh, illustrate this to you pretty well. So this is our salon and 20 people washing, uh, 12 people drying, and then uh, eight people braiding. So the question we ask ourselves is, which of these three departments is limiting the salon from not making more revenue. You realize that off the bed, you can see that it is what? The braiding department. Because the braiding department at the time processes less people than it is supposed to process. Now, it means here eight people would have to be in the waiting line. Maybe they would take their wet hairs and go away. I don't know a lady who would do that. You come to a salon, your hair is washed, not dried, then you take it like that and go home. Nobody is going to do that. Or even if it is, we finish drying it, it cannot be braided. So you need to put, put a scarf on it because some ladies, their natural hair don't look good. So you, you need to put a scarf on it and take it home like that. And that's going to be four people coming in there in that case. So we don't want this to happen. That is, a, that is the whole objective of limiting factor analysis. We don't want this to happen. So what we want to find out is, okay, what is the limiting factor what is the bottleneck process so in my illustration here you realize that the bottleneck process is the braiding the bottleneck process is the braiding does that make sense so that is one way we can identify the bottleneck so so all i'm trying to tell you is that like i illustrated here a bottleneck can be a resources either material labor hours, labor availability, uh, machine hours or machine capacity, or a process or department. Please note that under no circumstance will a product be a limiting factor. A product of an entity cannot be a limiting factor or a bottleneck. The products they produce, the services they render, whatever the heck it is they do, cannot be 
a limiting factor. It is the resources they have, the processes that they are using, that is what can be a limiting factor. Okay? That is what can be a limiting factor. Does that make sense? So that is example number one of identifying the bottleneck process. Let me give you another example uh, to see how bottleneck actually goes by. So let's say in the second example, again, let's say uh, this time around, let's say my wife does a different business. So let's say we have certain products that we manufacture. So product A, product B, and product C. So these are the three products that we produce. Stay with me carefully. Let's say that the product uses a certain material and the material is measured in liters. So this one used two, three, and then five liters. Then let's say that the units demand for the product, it's let's say 10,000 here, 12,000 here, and 6,000 here. Okay, so let's say that for the period, the maximum Let me put another thing. Let's say labor in hours is here. Let's say that is 0.5 hours, 0.3 hours, and then 0.6 hours. Okay, so that is the labor hours also available in that particular case. Give me a moment, I wanna confirm something. I see some of you guys joining, you are welcome. Uh, we're looking at um, limiting factor analysis and a short-term decision in management accounting. So give us a thumbs up on the video and share the video. Let us reach many, many students watching the live stream here. So let's say that materials available for the period, let's say that is going to be mm, 250,000 liters of materials are available. Then let's say labor hours available. Let's say the labor hours available is just 8,200 hours. So the question we are ask, we're going to ask ourselves is the material and labor, which one? will limit the company from not being able to produce these units so that we can make the profit that we need to make, okay? So that we can make the profit that we need to make. That is what we are asking. So what do we do? The first thing we do is we need to determine the material required. Then we'll compare that to the material available. Then we'll determine whether uh, we have... Uh, a limitation or not. So let's look at the material required and stay with me carefully on this one. So we will bring in the products A, B, and C. Let's bring in the demand for each of the products respectively, 10,000, 12,000, 6,000. Then let's bring the material usage per unit, which is in liters, 235. 
So we sum it back, we multiply to get the totals respectively. This is 20,000. This is 36,000. And this is 30,000. So we add it up and we get a total material required. Total material required. And that is going to be an amount of adding the three up 66. 86,000 liters. So this is the material required, 86,000 liters. But let's look at the materials available. Per illustration, the material available is around 250,000 liters. So if you check here, we have a lot of surplus coming in in that particular case. So 250 minus 86, that's going to be 164,000 liters. Now, this is surplus. It means the material is certainly not a bottleneck. The material is not a limiting factor. I hope you're getting the concept. That's, that's because there are two things here. So it means the material is not a bottleneck process. It's not a limiting factor. Let's do the same thing for the labor, okay? So let me kind of just see if I can cut out this or copy this to my next slide. Copy this to the next slide. Oh no. Okay, so let me see. Products A, B, and C. Let's bring in the demand. What do we have? The demand is 10,000, 12,000, and 6,000. Then we bring in the labor hours. So we get the labor hours. What do we have? From the question, labor hours 0 0.5, 0 0.3, 0 0.6. So we multiply up. Let's get our answers coming in real quick. I think this should be 5,000. I don't need a miracle for that. Then all three of 12,000, that's 3,600. Then 6,000 by no six, that's 3,600. So we added up to get a total labor hours required. The total labor hours required. And that is going to be. 36, 36, 5,000. That's going to be 12,200 hours. So this is the labor hours required. If we want to be able to produce 10,000 of A, 12,000 of B, 6,000 of what? C. I hope you are getting the concept. But then what is the total labor hours available? Per the question. 
per the question, we have only it's here yeah, eight thousand two hundred hours available. Can you imagine that? Hours available. So here, there is a shortage. There is a shortage. If two hundred or four thousand, I guess four thousand hours. For that reason, we say that the labor hours is the bottleneck resource. Now, that English is very, very important. If you don't write it, the meaning of your workings is, is useless. So the labor hours is the bottleneck process. Because as a management accountant, whatever workings you have to do, it must be interpreted. So you don't do the workings and leave it there thinking that it will be it will be assumed that this is what you did. No. Whatever workings you do must be interpreted, must be used for decision making. So the workings we've done now, we've concluded that the labor hours is the bottleneck resources. So that is the first thing. That is how we identify the bottleneck. So what am I saying? The bottleneck, like the illustration I used in the salon, the bottleneck can be a process, it can be a department, it can be a stage of production that we are using, or the bottleneck can be a resources, material or labor coming in in that case. Please note that in the exam or even if the examiner has identified what the bottleneck process is, you have to still do the workings and compare the required with the available or the capacity of the machine with what the entity wants to produce always so that you confirm, you verify whether what the examiner is saying or whether the question is saying, what the question is saying is true. Okay. So even if you go to the exam and the examiner has specifically identified what the bottleneck process is, you still have to do this workings to confirm it because the examiner gives you a mark for that one and that is the first thing we do in limiting factor analysis identifying the bottleneck process we identify the bottleneck process does that make sense any questions everybody good everybody good if there are any questions please put it in the chat for me those of you are on youtube and put it in the comment section for me those of you are on uh, facebook uh, if there are any questions for me and uh, give us a thumbs up on the video when you join. Management accounting students, we want to see how intense you're going to be. So you can share the video, let us reach many students. Because um, one of the things that we've heard is many, we don't do a lot of management accounting on the channel. It's because of the demand, the outstanding, the reactions we get from management accounting. So really we don't have a lot of people uh engaging on the management accounting content or something like that so if it is something you would want us to go through something you want us to have make sure that you give us a thumbs up on the video share the video let's get many people watching this video let's get many people engaged on this and when we do that then it will help us to be able to produce more of these content in management accounting so that you can better prepare for the examination. So if you ask why we don't do a lot of management accounting on the channel, it's because of the uh, outing, the views, the engagement, and all these videos. But we know that there are a couple of you that are interested in it and pay our 
request this is one of the topics that you guys wanted that's why we are covering it so give us a thumbs up on the video it helps us a lot so that we can reach many students and whatever questions you have put it in the chat put it in the comment section because it helps us to go through seeing some comments coming in let's see if i can take them real quick as we continue with our discussion let's see what do we have uh, Idem Davina said, Hi, Inshira, I appreciate your efforts. Davina Idem from Nigeria. Thank you, Davina. Thanks for joining us on the live stream. Um, Osmano K. Amwakwan said, Hi, hello, Osmano. I hope you're doing well. Abdullahi Bapa said, Well, welcome, sir. Thank you, Abdullahi. Thanks for joining us on the live stream. Then Osmano said, I am enjoying very much. Okay. Thank you, Osamanu, for joining us on the live stream. And then Jeremy Giro said, good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon, Jeremy. I hope you're doing well. Then Mamosa said, hi, MP. I'm, so, I'm sorry, late. Yeah, today you're late. We're doing management accounting today, uh, looking at uh, some few key issues and the short-term decisions. So, hey. I see some of you coming up. Give us a thumbs up on the video when you join. And uh, comment in the chat box, comment in the comment session, uh, how, what, what the things we want to do. Like I said, if you give us more engagement on the management accounting videos, we're going to be producing a lot of the content uh, on management accounting. But if we, if we don't get more engagements, then it means that we will not do a lot of these content. So hey, if there's something you're excited about, please give us more engagement on this video. Let's see how we can produce more of these contents in that case. Uh, Master, you are good to go. It becomes clearer to me. Well done, sir. Thank you, uh, Awofe. Uh, yep, Wahid Awofe. Thanks very much. Musa Kanu said, thanks for the good work, sir. Always a pleasure, Musa. Thanks for joining us on the live stream. So that is the first thing we do is to identify the bottleneck process. So in every limiting factor thing, that's the first thing we do. We need to ask ourselves, what is the bottleneck process? That is the first thing we do. What is the bottleneck process? Let's grab some liquid and let's get going now. So let's go. Once we have identified the bottleneck process, we go to the second step. And that is the step. Step two is to design the production plan. So we design the optimal production plan. Now, I'm going to explain this in a moment. So please make sure you stay with me very, very carefully. So once we, ad we identify the production process, we design the optimum production plan. What is the pr optimum production plan? It simply refers to the unit of output for each product, each product that must be produced in order for the entity to maximize profit. So the optimum production plan refers to the units of output of each product that an entity can produce using the limiting factor or the bottleneck 
to maximize profit. To maximize profit. That is very, very critical in that particular case. So that is the second thing. Once we identify the bottleneck process, we need to now design the optimum production plan. So how many units of each of the products are we going to produce in order to what? Use the limiting factor process. So if I go back, for instance, to my wife's salon's example, uh, if we want to deal with the braiding issue, we've identified that as a limiting factor. How do we ensure that we don't have many people's hair washed? So what it means is that at the time, we only wash eight people's hair. At a time, we will only wash uh, eight, we will dry eight, eight people's hair. Then at a time, we can braid eight people so that we will not have many people dissatisfied going home with their wet heads or on dry heads in that particular case. So that is the idea about that. But, but this is where it becomes interesting. To design the optimum production plan, there are two schools of thoughts that we need to uh, understand. There are two schools of thoughts that we need to understand here. In other words, there are two approaches that can be used in the designing of the production plan. And this is where it gets interesting. So stay with me carefully. We can use the marginal costing principle. Okay. We can use the marginal costing principle or the throughput principle. We can use the marginal costing principle or the throughput principle. So let me explain the two as we try to get an idea of exactly what is going on. You remember marginal costing, don't you? I mean, if you don't remember, go watch the video on my channel on marginal costing. It's, a, it's in the management accounting or fundamentals of management accounting playlist. You can watch it. In marginal costing, the objective of the entity is to maximize contribution. So under marginal costing, our objective is to maximize contribution. That's our objective under marginal costing. Sounds good? But then in throughput accounting, the objective is to maximize throughput. The objective is to maximize throughput. Now, I'm going to explain that to you in a moment, so stay with me. The objective is to maximize throughput. So what does that mean then? It means that in marginal costing, what we are interested in is contribution. So we say contribution is equal to selling price minus variable cost. the selling price minus variable cost. But in throughput accounting, because we are interested in throughput, we say that throughput equals selling price minus direct material cost, DMC. Selling price minus direct material cost. So why is that? It is so because of an assumption that is used in throughput. 
the assumption that is used in throughput is that in the short term, only direct material cost is a variable cost. All other costs are regarded as factory cost. So the assumption that is used under throughput accounting is that in the short term, the only variable cost is direct material cost. Okay, the only variable cost is direct material cost. All other costs are referred to as factory costs. So that is the assumption we use in throughput accounting. That is the assumption we use in the in throughput accounting. So our 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 objective is that we want to maximize throughput. But the assumption we will use is that in the short term, the only thing that is variable, the only thing that changes with the output level, the only thing that changes with the units we want to produce as an entity is direct material cost. For that reason, all other costs are regarded as factory cost. Sounds good? But then, in the marginal costing school of thought, what happens is that the, the assumption we sort of use there, if you want to, is that in the short term, costs are classified into fixed and variable. So in the short term, costs are classified into variable costs and fixed costs. In other words, we are looking at the classification of cost according to behavior in the marginal costing school of thought. So when you see variable cost here, we mean both production variable costs and then non-production variable costs. Okay, we mean both production variable cost and then non-production variable cost. As far as it is variable cost, we bring it in to determine our contribution. So what are we saying? We are saying that there are two schools of thought when it comes to dealing with limiting factor analysis. We the the, the marginal let me let me say this. The marginal costing is the default approach. I mean, I mean, if the question is quiet and it is a limiting factor analysis question, we will use the marginal costing principle. Nonetheless, there is an alternative approach, and that is the throughput accounting ratio. So the throughput accounting is an alternative approach that is used in the limiting factor analysis. Does that make sense? Everybody good on that? Very, very important for you to understand exactly what is going on there in that case. So that is the principle we need to understand. So in the short term, only variable the material cost is variable, all the costs are factory cost. So what does that mean then? It means that under throughput accounting, we say that factory cost is equal to direct labor cost plus factory overheads 
direct labor cost plus factory overheads. So in throughput accounting, when we are looking of, for factory cost, it is the direct labor cost plus what? The factory overheads. Does that make sense? So these are the two schools of thought that we will be using in designing what? The optimum production plan. In designing the optimum production plan. So the school of thought or the principle we are using will affect the way we determine the production plan and most importantly, the way we design the production plan. Does that make sense? It will affect the way we design the production plan and the way we uh, work out the production plan. So let me give you the pro forma for this real quick. So the way we go about it is, so let's look at the uh, principle under marginal costing, the default approach. So under marginal costing, we're going to be assuming that we, we make uh, three products. So product A, product B, product C, slash in our currency sign. Stay with me. We are in marginal costing. So we're going to be bringing the selling price per unit. Coming in. Then we're going to be bringing all our material costs. You know them already. Direct material cost, direct label cost, <clears throat> okay, then other variable cost. Will be brought in that particular case. So you're going to list these guys. So usually, let me even put this one as factory, variable factory overheads. Let me just say variable overheads here, generally, variable overheads. So we list these guys. And that gives us the contribution per unit. So you less all the variable cost from the selling price and you get a variable cost per unit. Now, this is where <laughs> one of the most important things that we have done will come into play. So you bring the usage of the limiting factor per unit. So usage of limiting factor per unit. Now, this is from the step one. What you did in the step one, identification of the bottleneck process. So the thing you identify as the bottleneck process, that is what you are going to be bringing here. So it means if you miss the step one, you're going to screw it up here. If material is supposed to be the bottleneck process and your working shows you it's, it is labor, you are wrong. Okay? So you bring the usage of the limiting factor per unit here. Now I'm going to use different symbol to represent that. But we're going to divide that with a contribution per unit. And the answer we get will be called 
the answer we get there will be called the contribution per limiting factor. Contribution per limiting factor. So that is the answer we get there. Let me try to bring this cursor a little bit down. That's it. So this is the contribution, the returns we are making per the limiting factor. Then we rank. The rank is, we rank by the highest returns per the limiting factor because that would determine the way we design our production, uh, our, our optimum, optimum production plan. Okay, so rank in order of the product with the highest contribution per limiting factor. With the highest contribution per limiting factor. And this rank is what you use to design the production plan. And we're going to get into that very soon uh, 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 as we look at a question in that case. So when you are doing the marginal costing principle, this is what you do there. This is what you do in the marginal costing principle. So that is the marginal costing principle. That's the marginal costing principle. So let's look at the same workings in the uh, throughput and see how it will be structured like. Let's look at the same thing in throughput. So throughput principle. Let's look at the throughput principle. Now, so in the throughput principle, remember the rule we established. What did we say? We said throughput is going to be what? Selling price minus direct material cost because the only, because the only variable cost in the short term is going to be what? Direct material cost. So we will bring in our products. A, B, C. Slash in our currency sign. 
bring in a selling price pay unit. Okay. But this time around, the only thing we're going to be less in will be direct material cost. So we less direct material cost because in the short term, we are assuming that the only variable cost under throughput accounting is direct material cost. So we less that and that gives us the throughput per unit. Bring it up. Then what's going to happen is that we bring the usage of the limiting factor per unit, like you saw. So we bring that up. Then you're going to divide, like we did earlier. And this time you get throughput per limiting factor. You get a throughput per limiting factor. And that is in Ghana cities. So here, you're going to rank again. And your rank, the highest, gives you your answer in that particular case. That is the idea about the thing. So once you get a rank, that is now going to help you to now design your production plan for the entity. That is what will now help you to design the production plan for the entity. Any questions for me, please? Any questions? Any questions? Any questions? That, that is the idea about throughput accounting. That's the idea about throughput accounting, and that's the idea about limiting factor analysis. So when we talk about limiting factor analysis, this is what we mean in that particular case. Any questions, please? Any questions, please? Any questions? Any any questions for me? So it's, it's a very simple and straightforward uh, question or topic if you, if you ask me. But once you get the principles right like this, it means your next move is simply going to be the issue about, um, how do we call it? The issue about the calculation. Then when you get a calculation right, boom, then you are gone. Then you are gone. So that is what we mean by limiting factor analysis. Like I said, it is the resources that will be a bottleneck or a process or a department that will be a bottleneck. That's very, very important. Then I mentioned that the objective of this whole topic is we want to find out how can we use our limited resources in order to maximize our profit as an entity. Then most importantly, we are also saying that a product cannot be a bottleneck process. A product cannot be a bottleneck. It is the resources we are using and or the, depart, the, the processes that we are using to produce the resources in that particular case. That is the idea about limiting factor analysis. So that is step two. You design the production plan. And we design the production plan using either the marginal costing principle or 
the throughput principle. Once you design the production plan of the entity, you go to the final step, and that is to determine the optimum profit. So determination of optimum profit. The optimum profit. So the optimum profit is simply the amount of profit that the entity can make based on the uh, optimum production plan from step two. So it refers to the maximum profit maximum profit an entity can make from or as per the production plan as per the production plan so that is the idea there. That is the idea there in that particular case. And once we get these three steps well done, remember, like I said, identification of bottleneck, IB. Number two, determination of the optimum production plan, OP. The number three, we cannot determine the optimum profit, also OP in that case. It means if you miss the first step, everything else is going to be wrong. If you get a first step right and you miss the second step, then everything else is going to be wrong in that particular case. But note, sometimes you can even get a first step, get a second step, but screw up in the optimum production plan. And so each part of the workings, each part of the calculation is actually critical for us to really look out for in that particular case. It's, it's really critical on every side for us to look out for in that case. And that is the idea and the principles you must understand about limiting factor analysis using the default approach, the marginal costing principle, or the uh, alternative approach, the throughput principles. So once we have understood the principles that are available, the next thing we need to look at is a question. So we're going to look at a question to see how we can rationally put the principles that we just discussed together and and apply it basically in that particular case but because of time constraints i'm going to be continuing with that next uh, tomorrow so god willing tomorrow we'll look at the final part of the limiting factor analysis where we will solve some questions on how we can apply the throughput accounting and also the marginal costing principle to design a production plan for the company, but most importantly, to be able to determine the optimum production plan. This is the idea about limiting factor analysis, and I believe that you've understood the principles pretty well. God willing, tomorrow at 4.30 p.m., I'll be coming your way. Same time, and we were going to be looking at some questions on how we can really apply these principles in that particular case. Now, let me say this, that if you're writing management accounting, the pass mark for management accounting is pretty low, just about 30%, right? Just about 30%. So uh, 32, 34%. It means you put 10 people down in a room, about seven of them will fail the exams, only three will pass the exams. Now, that doesn't mean management accounting is difficult. 
But like I say always, the exams is not for lazy people. The exams is for people who are going to be dedicated, put in the work, put in the effort, put in the sacrifices in order for you to increase your chances of passing the examination. I believe that if you really make time to study and you don't make excuses and you put in the work, you put in the effort and you sacrifice, I can guarantee you that you will definitely go into the exam hall and pass the examination. So management accounting is not difficult. The exams is not difficult, but the reason it becomes difficult for you is you don't have a lot of time to study and you keep on giving yourself these excuses. But if you really put in the work, put in the effort, put in the sacrifices, I know definitely that you can make it uh, in that particular case and pass the exams. So that is it about that. Thanks very much for joining me on the live stream. Uh, Prince Joe said, hello, sir. Can you kindly look at target costing? Thank you. Okay. We'll add it to our topic slides here. And depending on the engagement we get on the management accounting lectures, we will uh, bring that up in that case. So target costing. So target costing. That's there. Okay. So Prince Jehu, we're going to take note of that. Oxbet said, thanks for today. Always a pleasure. Oxbet, thanks for joining me. And I'll see you in class in about 30 minutes' time uh, in that case. So that's it about that. Uh, stay blessed, and uh, I'll catch you same time tomorrow. Bye-bye.